ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM, KKGQ, Newton. This is the Shane Dennis Show on the new ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM. And welcome in. Happy Friday, everybody. Happy noon time. It is episode 424. Shane Dennis Show wrapping up the week. Quick reminder, Pat Strothman and the Pulse will be out at Rainier Arms Firearms Academy today, 2831 North Greenwich. So head on by there between 2 and 4, anytime be 4-4. And as always, tell the folks out there at Rainier that you heard about them on ESPN Wichita and you get a free-range pass, not only today, but always. So head on in there, see Pat. He'll be on the air from 2 to 4 from Rainier Arms Firearms Academy. Today's show, and by the way, Dylan Michaels running the show today. We'll hear from him here shortly. Here's how you can be part of the Shane Dennis Show and The Pulse later on. You can call us at 316-669-4996. That's the hotline. The text line, 247-0923. Very popular way to engage with Pat, myself, uh, the producers. You want to be a part of the show and can't call or just don't want to call. Shoot us a text. 316-247-0923 is the text line. You can tell your smart speaker to, to uh, tune in to KKGQ 92.3. That's us. We're 92.3 on your FM dial. ESPNWichita.com is where you can stream us. And you can also listen to parts of shows that you missed or just re-listen to the stuff that you really want to hear again. ESPNWichita.com. That's where the podcast is. Not only this show, but the Pulse, and the program, and the Border Patrol up in KC. Follow us on Twitter. Be our friends on Facebook. It is February 17, and we're headed for a high in Wichita today of 48 degrees. All right, today on the show, Dylan will tell you a joke here in a second, hopefully. wasn't exactly sure who was going to be uh, helping me out today until, I don't know, about 30, 45 minutes before the show started, but it's Dylan in uh, in the place of Jack Johnson, who's got the day off. He'll be back on Monday. So we will talk about Wichita State and Temple last night as the Shockers season, men's basketball, of course, season continues to be a strange one. And they continue to play seemingly better away from home than at Charles Coke Arena. And that game was weird last night. So I'll talk, talk about that here in just a little bit. We've got our story of the week. It's brought to you by uh, Derby Mattress, as we do every Friday. That'll be coming up about 20 minutes from right now. And it has to do with a college basketball story that's really kind of makes you want to take a shower after you read about it. But it's multi-layered and uh, pretty, pretty bad. And we'll, that's my story of the week coming up uh, 10, at 1225. And then after that, we're going to kind of play it by ear because we've got uh, Mike Sirianni, the recruiting coordinator and assistant coach at Wichita State Baseball. He's uh, currently in a staff meeting, but when he gets out, we're going to talk to him, and that may be at 1045, maybe a little later than that. So we've got a couple of 
uh, time slots available for Mike Sirianni to talk Shocker Baseball as Division One Baseball starts today. And there's been a handful of games underway already. Uh, we'll also update you on how the softball team is doing. They're in San Diego. They are playing a future Shocker Baseball opponent, Utah Tech, in San Diego. And they played San Diego State last night. We'll tell you about that here in just a little bit as well. And we'll have some headlines at 1 o'clock, or Mike Sirianni at 1 o'clock, if we need to push him back to that. And then we'll talk some K-State sports with Derek Young from kstateonline.com. As the Cats have dropped four out of five, they try to rebound at home against Iowa State tomorrow. So we'll talk some Cats with Derek Young in hour two. And as it turns out, we can play a little I'm old Dylan's Young. Coming up in the final segment of the show, and we'll let you know what to watch uh, on the tube as far as sports are concerned over the weekend, in addition to being able to listen to Iowa State, K-State right here on the channel tomorrow as Wildcats try to get back to their winning ways after dropping a couple in a row to Texas Tech and Oklahoma on the road. So, have got a couple interviews for you. One's kind of floating around out there, and one's at 125 uh, here on a Friday. Glad you could join us as the Shane Dennis Show wraps up the week and hand you off to the Pulse, who's out at Rainier, 2831 North Greenwich. Go by and see old Pat coming up at 2 o'clock. All right, Dylan, first of all, welcome back to the show. And second of all, no pressure, but uh, make us laugh, man. I will do my best. I always have a clean joke. I got another one for you here today. Uh, why did the hipster burn his mouth? I don't know. Why? He ate the pizza before it was cool. (laughs) All right. All right. Not bad. Not bad. Today is February 17. It is National Random Act of Kindness Day. Seems to me like this is, uh, and rightfully so, it's growing in popularity, and there are more than just one day of the year set aside for National Random Act of Kindness Day. Uh, the more the better. That's that's fine. Uh, this is also a good one. National Caregivers Day. That's today, third Friday of uh, third Friday in February, honoring healthcare professionals across country, providing long term and hospice care. Tip of the cap. National Caregivers Day. It's also National Cabbage Day. Anyway, and uh, no one eats alone day. Is today. Tomorrow is Saturday. We don't have shows on Saturday. So on February 18th, we will miss out on National Drink Wine Day, National Crab Stuffed Flounder Day, National Red Sock Day, and National Battery Day. That's tomorrow. February 17, 1827, the U.S. Patent Office issued a patent to Chester Stone for the invention of a washing machine. The record of the patent was destroyed, though, in a patent office fire. However, 61 years after Stone invented the washing machine, his son would invent the drinking straw. How's that for lineage? The old man invented the washing machine and the kid invented the straw. 1863, 
The International Red Cross was founded by four, uh, five Frenchmen. 1867, the Suez Canal officially opened. First ship passes through. 1933, Newsweek published its first issue. And in 1996, Gary Kasparov defeated Deep Blue, the chess playing computer, four to two. Uh, and finally, 16 years ago, if my math's right, at the North Dakota Capitol, nearly 9,000 people set a record by simultaneously making a snow angel. Birthdays, happy birthday, Hal Holbrook, 1925. Starred in All the President's Men, Lincoln, and most famously, Fletch Lives, Hal Holbrook. Lou Diamond Phillips, 1962. La Bamba, Young Guns, Stand and Deliver. And one gigantic birthday, which we'll tell you about during I'm Old Jack's Young. Dylan style today. All right, so last night in Philadelphia, Wichita State went to a place that they'd never won before. They'd never won against Temple in Philadelphia. And Temple was is kind of like Wichita State. It's funny that way that the Shockers have been better on the road than they have been at home, and certainly better on the road than at home in the league. Temple is about the same way. And so by those by that logic, Wichita State had Temple right where it wanted them. And as it turned out, all's well that ended well. Wichita State won 79-65, but the game, and basketball tends to be a game of runs from time to time as well, but this one was a game of runs kind of on steroids. And the game started with, first of all, the first four baskets uh, in that game were all three-pointers, two by each team. Um both teams would cool off a little bit, um, Temple more so than Wichita State at times. But after it was 6-6 at the first media timeout, Craig Porter Jr., a couple of minutes after that, picked up his second foul. And that was at 14-02 with Wichita State trailing 13-8. Now, the one thing that I wrote down at the time when that happened was that I, I got the feeling that Porter is wearing down. He's started to get into a little bit more foul trouble than he had earlier in the year, and I know competition has a lot to do with that. But he goes to the bench at 14.02 with Wichita State trailing 13-8. to They're kind of sloppy on defense. There have been two and ones by Temple in the first six minutes of the game, and Craig Porter Jr. gives up or uh, commits two personal fouls. Now, in the meantime, though, Shockers had five offensive rebounds in the first six minutes of the game. And any time you do that on the road, that is certainly welcome. And that would be a theme throughout the course of the game. But Porter goes to the bench, 14-02, first half, Shockers down five. So you keep an eye on that as far as if and when he's going to return in the first half. And in the meantime... Melvion Flanagan started the game for the first time in a long time. And there had been some games really recently that 
Flanagan had a DNP coach's decision, but he starts this game. And so now, now it's up to him, Jerron Pierre, and to a certain degree, Jaquan Walton to do the ball handling and run the team because it's very clear that Shema Scott is not ready for major minutes to run the club in Porter's absence. Matter of fact, Scott never got off the bench. He didn't play at all last night. So it was a kind of an odd combination of ball handlers for Wichita State, and you're keeping an eye on the clock and the score and finding out if the score is actually going in the right direction. Down five, six minutes into the first half, and Flanagan is not making shots, but he's also being a catalyst on the boards of all places. And by the eight-and-a-half-minute mark, with an uh, Isaac Abide and one, it's tied. And then Xavier Bell comes in, and Wichita State kind of holds serve there. A Flanagan three, under four minutes left in the first half, gives Wichita State a two-point lead. That was his first basket, but he also had five rebounds in the first half. And in the middle of a 9-0 run, Wichita State leads 37-31, and they'd eventually take a 41-33 lead into halftime. Now, Porter came back in at the 7-08 mark, and promptly picked up his third foul. So the final 14-02 of the first half, Wichita State outscored Temple with and without Porter 33-20 to to take an eight-point halftime lead. And a harbinger of things to come, or at least a, a, a hint, the first half stats, Wichita State had Seven more offensive rebounds than Temple and 15 more rebounds overall. Walton kind of quietly doing his thing. So was Poto. Rojas had six and six. And eight, eight different players scored. The only guy that didn't was Xavier Bell in that first half. Now, in the second half, that's where it got nutty because Wichita State led by eight. And when you're on the road, regardless of who you're playing, you're certainly expecting a run from the other guys. Well, that's what they got because at uh, the 11:20 mark, Temple had outscored Wichita State 21. Let's see here, 21 to eight. Or I'm sorry, Wichita State at the 11:20 mark led. So at the under 16 timeout. The run for Temple was 12 to four, so that eight-point halftime lead was erased by the under 15, under 16 timeout. It was all tied at 45. Then Wichita State went on a run to get the lead back up to nine, midway through the second half. And then the craziest. I, this might be the the weirdest final 10 minutes of a game that I've seen in quite some time because Temple went back-to-back threes to get within 58-55. They eventually took the lead on a uh, done three-pointer to make it 59-58 Temple. So they finally took a lead. And then another done three capped off a 13-0 run to give Temple a four-point lead with 6.22 left. So not only did Wichita State fail to take uh, Temple's best punch, 
they now had a two-possession deficit with 6.22 left to go, which isn't a uh, death sentence. But on the road, you're taking shots and give up a 13-0 run. That's not ideal. Well, what did Wichita State do? They went on a 16-0 run themselves and only gave up one basket the rest of the game. Craig Porter is coming in and out, substituting offense for defense. He hits a couple of threes in that run. He lobs to Poto for a layup during that run. Um, It's basically a Porter-led 13-0 run that eventually got to 16-0. And the final tally after Temple goes on a 13-0 run to take a four-point lead, Wichita State finished the game with 21 points in the final six-plus minutes and made their last six field goals from the floor. It was the craziest thing you, I'm, I'm, that I've seen in, in quite a while. And Temple, the home team, goes on a drought of over five minutes from the 622 mark till the very end of the game when they made a cosmetic three and nothing more. So Wichita State wins it going away, 79-65, when they trailed by four with a little over six minutes left to go. Walton gets a game-high 21 points. Craig Porter Jr. and Walton combined for 18 during that 21-3 run, so it was basically a two-man show. Shockers get to 7-7 seven and seven in the league and 14-12 and 12 overall, and that 7-7 seven and seven mark in the league includes an 0-3 start. So their up-and-down season, just like that game last night, uh, continues to confound. But James Rojas had a double-double. He played well. Uh, Kenny Poto was kind of in and out, but ended up with 33 minutes. He ended up with 12 points and three assists. And again, it was kind of uh, kind of weird. The uh, substitution pattern for Wichita State is Isaac Abide only got five minutes last night after he got major minutes the game before. Uh, poor Bear Chandler, about the same as usual, got seven minutes and scored four points. Xavier Bell played 10 minutes, but Flanagan started and played 27 minutes. Shema Scott didn't play at all. Uh, Gus Okafor didn't play at all. And the bench was shortened just a little bit. Only four guys played off the bench. And the only meaningful minutes really were Xavier Bell, his seven points in 10 minutes. And Jerron Pierre Jr. didn't start, came off the bench, had eight points, two rebounds, and two assists. Whatever works, I guess. They won by 14 and finished the game off on the road, uh, the likes of which were kind of getting used to. And this is a team of runs, not only a game of runs by Temple or in the Temple game, but I don't know that I've seen a, a finish quite like that except for, to a lesser degree, the SMU game where the teams traded runs and leads. Uh, but this one was a little more extended uh, with 13 for the bad guys and then 20, uh, 16 for the good guys and 21-3 overall. So Wichita State wins it 79-65, to and they will get the weekend off. And then next week at the Roundhouse will entertain Memphis, who somehow pulled a rabbit out of the hat last night against UCF. They were terrible down the stretch, except for when they absolutely had to be. Memphis hit a layup with about seven seconds left, and the Tigers beat UCF. So that's what Wichita State has next, and Shockers can breathe a sigh of relief. They get a win in a place that they'd never won, in Philadelphia, as they really put a run and a hurting on Temple after falling behind four with 622 
left to go. The Shockers shot 47% from the floor. Uh, Temple made 10 of 24 from the arc. But Wichita State uh, did a good job in the paint and dominated on the boards. As I mentioned a little bit earlier, 42-26. Wichita State out-rebounded the Owls, and it was pretty much like that from the jump. And they also held Khalif Battle, who came in averaging over 18 points a game, to no points. He only took four shots and only played 17 minutes off the bench. I'm not sure if there was something up there, but it certainly played into Wichita State's favor as Temple kind of fizzled going down the stretch. And like I said, with the run, they could have used some some buckets, but they couldn't get them. So next Thursday night, Memphis, 6 o'clock on ESPN2, Shockers and Tigers as Wichita State entering a pretty rough stretch uh, down the stretch of the American Conference, but they get a win last night against Temple. Switching gears here a little bit, but staying with Wichita State last night in San Diego, the softball team played San Diego State, dropped a tough one, three to two. All Aztec, all three Aztec runs came in the second inning, and that was enough, as the Shockers could not overcome an early three nothing deficit. They lost three to two. They're actually playing as we speak. They are in San Diego in a different uh, different locale at the University of San Diego. And they're playing Utah Tech right now. They got two runs with two outs. The Shockers did in the fourth to take a 2-0 lead. And Utah Tech currently has two on and two out in the top of the sixth. So it's getting late in that particular game with Utah Tech. Shockers will play one more game this afternoon, later on this afternoon. But right now the softball team hanging on to a 2-0 lead in the top of the sixth at the San Diego get-together uh, Wichita State is 4-2. and two. They've lost two straight to Texas Tech and San Diego State trying to get off the schneid. All right, a reminder a little bit later on, Pat and the Pulse will be out at Rainier Arms Firearms Academy, 2831 North Greenwich Road. Head on by there. You know the drill by now. The weather's warming up in Wichita, so get on out there and enjoy the sunshine and head into Rainier, see Pat. He'll be there until 4 o'clock. Tell him you heard about him on ESPN Wichita, and you get a free-range pass out there as usual. It is time now for Story of the Week. We'll have that when we come back. It has to do with college basketball. Coming up a little bit later on, we'll talk Shocker Baseball, hopefully with Mike Sirianni, the recruiting coordinator and hitting coach at Wichita State. We'll talk to him and have a little Shocker preview as they get ready for Long Beach State coming up this weekend, starting tonight at 8 o'clock. Some headlines coming up to the top of the second hour. And K-State basketball talk with Derek Young from kstateonline.com. We'll talk to him in hour two. And then I'm old Dylan's Young coming up at 145 or so. And then we'll hand you off to the Pulse out there, Rainier. Stick around, though. Story of the week, courtesy of Dirty Mattresses. Coming up next, it's 1223. <laughs> Shane Dennis Show will be right back on ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM. What do people with blindness or low vision need to live to the fullest? Just ask them. It's skill development, scientific breakthroughs, knowledge-based jobs, and the same opportunities as everyone else. When you give to Envision, whether it be your time, donations, or your engagement, you make it all possible. That's because at Envision, they don't focus on the disability. They value the ability. They choose not to envision a world without sight. 
but to envision a world where people who are blind or visually impaired are empowered to reach their full potential. Learn more at EnvisionUS.com. Time to leave it all on the mat. For the fourth year in a row, the NAIA Wrestling National Championship is coming to Wichita March 3rd and 4th at Hartman Arena. 280 of the best collegiate wrestlers in the country will square off for team and individual national championships. This event is open to the public, and the championship session will be broadcast live on ESPN3. All session tickets are now on sale, and single session tickets will be available the day of the event. For more information, visit visitwichita.com. Don't miss it. Hi, this is Brian Davis with Davis Liquor Outlet. And this is Blake Davis with a great deal on Bacardi 1.75 liters, just $18.99. And don't forget about Bud Light 24-pack 12-ounce cans, only $22.99. Davis Liquor Outlet, each store independently owned and operated. Excludes 31st Meridian. Are you following ESPN Wichita 92.3 on social media? Check us out on Facebook and Twitter by searching at ESPN Wichita for the latest podcasts, breaking sports news, special giveaways, broadcast schedule, and so much more. Plus, you can visit ESPNWichita.com to listen to our daily national and local sports programming by streaming live or downloading our podcasts. It's all on ESPN Wichita 92.3, Wichita's all-sports radio station, at ESPN Wichita on social media, and online at ESPNWichita.com. Uh, hey, Dad? Cool if I change this? They may not get each other's music, but they can both get a COVID-19 booster shot. Because the CDC recommends booster shots for people 12 years and older after completion of a primary series. Schedule an appointment as soon as you are eligible. Sponsored by BioNTech and Pfizer. This is a special alert to all Americans who own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles with an auto warranty about to expire or with no warranty coverage at all. Due to a decline in the economy, CarShield is announcing a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that is now available to the public to save any driver out-of-pocket expenses on future auto repairs. Call now to find out how you can pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Yes, you heard that correctly. Pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. An open phone line has been established for all drivers to call for a free quick quote. Call 800-845-9079 now. Drivers who are covered will not have to pay for covered repairs again. This protection plan is at an all-time low. Additionally, drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Call us for your free quick quote today. 800-845-9079. That's 800-845-9079. What do you have to lose? Call 800-845-9079. Again, 800-845-9079. Do you have the time to listen to me whine about nothing and everything all at once? All right, it's 1226. Welcome back to the show. Shane Dennis, Dylan Michaels running the show for you today. Jack has the day off. He'll be back on Monday. It's time now for our story of the week brought to you by Derby Mattress or 105 South Baltimore. Their everyday prices beat sale prices at big box stores, so go by and see for yourself. Take that short drive south to Derby. Derby Mattress. Our story of the week is an unsavory one, and it has been uh, kind of uh, bubbling for weeks now, and it centers around the New Mexico State men's basketball program, and Quite a while back, um, 
well, months ago, actually, New Mexico State basketball player Mike Peake shot and killed a University of New Mexico student in what police called a self-defense act. Both the school and the Albuquerque district attorney have launched separate investigations into the not only shooting but the aftermath, which was really hard to fathom when you start to unpack the stuff that happened in, in the days and weeks after when stuff started coming out. And the coaches and the staffers were found to be in possession of multiple pieces of potential evidence, including a gun, the gun, after the incident. And Greg Heyer, who most of you will know is a former Wichita State assistant, and in his first year at New Mexico State, instructed his team to leave town to go back to Las Cruces after the shooting and go back to campus, even though local police had asked to speak with three New Mexico State players who were with Peak, the player, who was wounded. Well, in the aftermath, the team continued to play until it was uncovered that New Mexico State cited three players for false imprisonment, harassment, and counts of criminal sexual contact against a teammate. In other words, hazing was going on at New Mexico State. I would have thought that hazing pretty much anywhere would have been long gone by now, but here we are. And the chancellor of New Mexico State University made an announcement recently that New Mexico State had canceled. Well, let's see. This would be about five days ago. New Mexico State had canceled the remainder of its season after reviewing a police report that revealed what I just said about three players against a teammate. And Dan Arvizu, I want to bog you down with names here, but he's the chancellor of the New Mexico State University system, and he made the announcement last Sunday. He said, quote, this action is clearly needed, especially after receiving additional facts and reviewing investigation reports related to the hazing allegations involving student-athletes on the team. Hazing has no place on our campus, and those found responsible will be held accountable for their actions. Dylan, have you ever been involved one way or the other in hazing? Uh, no. Good. I played college baseball, and it's kind of more of a team atmosphere in that situation, as did you. So you kind of know, like, there's not really, like, I, I don't, can't remember. Having, where to, having to carry the bat the bats or having right. to carry the gear is not hazing. Freshmen not have all. to do that. Yeah. That's, that's like a show of like, hey, you're a team guy more than hazing. Like everyone does that at one point during the season because it's a long season. And like I, they, you don't want to haze someone that you might need later in the season to have confidence. That's that's what I always thought. Right. Yeah. So there's no there's none of that in sports, really. It, it, if you have that in your culture, you're not going to win. Well, Anyway, the victim in this particular case 
at New Mexico State, told police he had no choice but to let this happen, quote, because it's a three-on-one type of situation, unquote. The victim said other incidents had been occurring since last July or August, and that inappropriate physical and sexual touching by his teammates had been occurring in the locker room and on road trips. The report said that on Friday, the victim went to campus police to report a possible assault, but didn't want to press criminal charges for the time being. Now, as far as New Mexico State on the court was concerned, this is irrelevant, but New Mexico State was struggling, and uh, predictably, under first-year head coach Greg Heyer, you know how it is when coaches come and go, so do the players. And they're 9-15, and 2-10 and 10 in the WAC, under Heyer, who came from a junior college. It was fresh off of winning the JUCO National Championship, and he slid into the chair of Chris Jans, who was also a Wichita State assistant with hire under Greg Marshall once upon a time. And Jans, of course, went to New Mex- uh, to uh, Mississippi State. So the chancellor of New Mexico State said he'd spoken with the commissioner of the WAC, which said it was reviewing how to treat the six New Mexico State games that were, will be wiped off the schedule. And apparently they're going to be forfeits in favor of the teams that's supposed to play New Mexico State. Hire and his coaching staff were placed on administrative leave last Friday when the university announced that the Aggies game against Cal Baptist was canceled and the season had been suspended. A few hours after the chancellor's letter came out, two players announced on social media they were leaving the team and it's interesting to note that, or you kind of need to know, that the names of the players were redacted on the police report. So you're kind of left to wonder who it was. But anyway, two players, Shahar Lazar and Kent Olaweiler, announced on social media they're leaving the team. Neither team, neither guy had played. Uh, Lazar was a freshman from Israel, and Lazar said he was leaving because, quote, I don't think the program that I originally committed to aligns with my beliefs or core values, unquote. And the other guy, Olaweiler, said, quote, my recruitment is 100% open, unquote. So that's all they said uh, when they left. And in the aftermath... New Mexico State fired Greg Heyer. This was on Tuesday, a couple of days after they canceled the remainder of the season. The chancellor, once again, made a statement and said, quote, As I've stated previously, hazing has no place on our campus, and those found responsible will be held accountable for their actions. I am committed to the safety and well-being of all members of our campus community as well as the integrity of our university. Unquote, or end of uh, end of statement, or the letter. And he said that they'll ensure that support systems are in place to prevent this sort of thing from ever happening again. As for hire, he's 47. Him and his entire staff had been placed on leave since Friday, as I mentioned. 
And looking forward to in or into the future a little bit for him, this has got to be the death knell. I mean, on his watch, hazing went down, and a player shot a, a student from another school. And when you're in charge of the program, you know what rolls downhill. And it all unraveled for hire in about a span of three months after Mike Peake shot and killed a student, got injured himself, and then the investigations found the coaches and staffers to be in possession of multiple pieces of the potential evidence, including the gun, and hire instructed his team to leave town, even though local police had asked to speak with three New Mexico state players who were with Peak at the time. That'll be tough to explain away or to try to make up for on a resume. Peak, by the way, the guy that shot the New Mexico student was suspended from the team indefinitely. He has not been charged with a crime yet. And the WAC is counting New Mexico State's final six games as forfeits. And I hadn't kept all that close a track of New Mexico State, but apparently they were trying to get into a bigger, higher-profile Conference USA next season. And, of course, they were wildly successful under Chris Jans. And even before he got there, New Mexico State's made 26 trips to the NCAA tournament actually gone to the Sweet 16 five, uh, five times over the years. But Jans had that place humming, and Greg Heyer, who was in the Greg Marshall coaching, under the Greg Marshall coaching tree, is out of work at 47. And we all know what happened with Chris Jans when he was at Bowling Green, and certainly Wichita State fans know what happened with, or alleged to have happened, with Greg Marshall. And so the Mexico State, the chancellor, has backed the AD after the men's basketball shutdown. I cannot recall a program shutting down the back half of a season or really any part of a season for something like this. And it's got to be not only embarrassing for New Mexico State basketball fans, but troubling that that kind of stuff apparently still goes on. Two different scandals, which are both subjects of ongoing investigations, a shooting and hazing when three teammates allegedly ganged up on another teammate and attacked him in the locker room on multiple occasions. So New Mexico State is front and center of our story of the week, brought to you by Derby Mattress from 105 South Baltimore. And really the only reason, well, pretty much the only reason why I think anybody in South Central Kansas had Las Cruces on their radars because they were keeping track of and rooting for Chris Jans then and and Greg Heyer before this week. But 
Greg Heyer is out of work, and who knows what will become of him and his basketball career, or basketball coaching career. Still just a, a young man, coaching-wise. And the folks in Hutch will remember, and with Wichita State ties or pulling for Wichita State, would be familiar with Heyer at Northwest Florida State, which is where he was last year in helping them win the junior college national title. And then he brought two really good players with them, Issa Muhammad and DeShondre Washington. But it all came crashing down. Even before the shooting, New Mexico State was struggling and only 2-10 and ten in the whack, which is a position they are absolutely not used to. But what a story coming out of Las Cruces over really the last three weeks. Like I said, it's got a lot of layers to it, and it was two separate, not just one scandal, but two scandals, and both of the most unsavory type. A shooting and hazing has shut down the New Mexico State basketball program and perhaps ended the coaching career of Greg Heyer. That remains to be seen, but this will be a tough one to get out from under for sure. An update from San Diego. It looks like Wichita State has defeated Utah Tech 2-0 in the first game in the University of San Diego tournament. So after a loss to San Diego State, Wichita State bounces back and beats Utah Tech 2-0. In a pitcher's duel, each team only with four hits, but Wichita State got both runs in the bottom of the fourth. They make it stand up and defeat the Blazers 2-0. So Wichita State now 5-2. and two. Shockers will play later on this afternoon in San Diego. All right, it's 10-41. When we come back, we'll try to make some contact with Wichita State Coach Mike Sirianni, he's the recruiting coordinator and assistant coach at Wichita State and all the other Division I programs, or pretty much all the other Division I programs. In action today is its opening day in Division I college baseball, and Wichita State will take on Long Beach State for the first of a three-game series tonight at 8 at Blair Field. And so we're going to check on Mike Sirianni's availability and get the very latest on the position players that are coming back, the newcomers, and also um, a pitch clock issue. There's going to be a pitch clock in college baseball. We'll see how closely that is monitored and enforced also. So we'll get with Mike Sirianni in the next segment. Headlines coming up at 1 o'clock, and then K-State Talk with Derek Young coming up at 125. But when we return, we'll talk a little Shocker Baseball. It is 1243. You're listening to The Shane Dennis Show on ESPN Wichita. 
Hey, Wichita, it's Pat, and I'm here with Clay from Best Body Shop. Hey, Clay, you talk a lot about OEM parts. What exactly is OEM? OEM stands for Original Equipment Manufacturer. These parts are coming directly from the manufacturer, but the more important question is, what does it matter to you? At the end of the day, the safety of your vehicle is reliant on the parts that we use and the repairs of your vehicle. That's why at Best Body Shop, we use 100% OEM parts on 100% of the repairs. Call 316-516-3827 or go online to Best Body Shop in wichita.com wichita's home for chiefs coverage espn wichita 92.3 fm i, I told y'all before the season we got we got coach andy reed we got guys like travis kelsey chris jones frank clark we're gonna be the kansas city chiefs coach reed there's some reports out there that you might retire i, I think i'm gonna hang around uh, i'm not gonna say dynasty yet we're not done so i'm not gonna say dynasty yet when you want the latest on your favorite teams, tune into Wichita's new sports leader, ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM. Message and data rates may apply. Do you need a car? Been shopping only to be turned down because of bad credit, low credit, no credit, bankruptcy, or divorce? Guess what? Today's your lucky day. Because now you can buy a car, truck, or SUV, just about any vehicle. It's true. Bad credit doesn't matter. No credit doesn't matter bankruptcy or divorce it just doesn't matter as a matter of fact your job is your ticket to your new vehicle we're auto credit express and we've helped thousands of people just like you antonio h told us great company got me connected and the day i went in i drove off in the car i wanted 100 percent worth your time need a car get started now and drive off as early as today just text apply now to 88909 right now to get started. That's apply now to 88909. Auto financing the easy way. Text apply now to 88909. Prescription products require completion of an online consultation with an independent healthcare provider and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Additional restrictions apply. See website for more details and safety information. Should Viagra really cost $90 per pill? We don't think so. RexMD has FDA-approved generic Viagra medication of that little blue pill starting at just $2. Why pay huge pharmacy prices when you can get the same results for a fraction of the cost? Give your bank account a break. Just fill out a brief survey, and if appropriate, you'll get a starter pack prescription of industry-leading generic Viagra medication. Just call 800-511-3731. We've helped over 100,000 men with their sex lives and with getting prescription medications direct. Your consultation is free, there's no doctor office visits, and your shipping is always free. Get your starter pack now. Call 800-511-3731. That's 800-511-3731. Again, 800-511-3731. All right, it's 1246. Here on Friday, Shane Dennis Show, Dylan Michaels running the show today for Jack. And as you know by now, it is opening day in Division One baseball. And there are actually a handful of games going on right now. Uh, Illinois is taking on Youngstown State right now. Oklahoma State is taking on, uh, they're playing... Oh, they're playing down at Globe Life, and it's escaping me now who they're playing. But they're already underway. Wichita State will take on them a little bit later on in the season. And a little bit later on tonight, Wichita State will be in action against Long Beach State, first of a three-game series. So we jump on the hotline right now, and we welcome in 
Wichita State recruiting coordinator and assistant coach Mike Siriani's in his fourth year in the program. Shockers and dirtbags tonight at 8 o'clock. Mike, thanks for taking the time. How are you? Great, great, Shane. Appreciate you having us on. Is there a particular reason why we're switching phones? Uh, because this isn't your phone, truth be told. I'd love to know the backstory on this. Well, we're just sitting in, in Lauren Hibbs' room, and uh, I tried to send you a text, and it said SOS. So luckily, Elfrey was right next to me, and his phone had service, and mine didn't. So I don't wow. know what happened. Hopefully things will look up uh, uh, after that, but we got you, and we're glad to catch up with you. Um, talk a little bit, Mike, if you would, about uh, the newcomers, or I'm sorry, the, the players that are coming back, first of all. Uh, it's got to feel good for you as a hitting guy to know that Peyton Tolley, Brock Rodden, Sawyer Thornhill, and guys like that, and Jordan Rogers to a lesser degree, are coming back this year uh, to kind of build a, a nucleus around. And, and I know uh, just because of what they did last year doesn't necessarily translate to success this year, but familiarity with those guys uh, had to make you feel good when you knew they were coming back, right? Oh, it, it was great. Huge, obviously, having. Like you said, Thornhill coming back playing third base, Brock Rod playing in the middle of the infield, and um, Tolly is a DH and pitcher, Chuck Ingram out there in the outfield, and, and Jordan Rogers, all great kids that have had a lot of success in our program, and it would be crucial. Uh, they know us, and we know them, and you know this group of guys has been together a long time, and so it's good to be you know comfortable with each other, and we kind of know what to expect. Like you said, though, the biggest thing is it's a new year and preseason, the accolades, and so on and so forth don't really mean anything now. But they're going to be known, you know, and so everybody's going to know who they are, and people are going to get pitched to a little bit different. And so it's a game of adjustment, as you know, Shane, and some guys are going to have to adjust and and understand it's a new year and find a way to be successful. And you guys have had to adjust a little bit, I would guess, as well. Uh, That was kind of a, a good segue considering you got a new direction you got a new head coach this lauren hibbs taking over for eric wedge but i guess the good thing is uh, you guys are plenty familiar with him he was right there in the dugout with you over the last couple of years so talk a little bit about that transition and has he changed at all now that he's the head guy and, and have you guys had to adjust and change at all oh it's all been positive shane you know we've all been together in the same office for you know, going on four years now, and so we've always bounced ideas off of each other as a whole unit, you know, with, with Lauren Hibbs and Eric Wedge, and then obviously Pelf and myself and Briscoe and Connor Barron's. Um, we've all worked very closely together. You've been in our office and saw that uh, it's all one big office. You know, we spend so much time together and we talk about things, and so it's been a great, you know, and even, you know, you talk about the recruiting piece. Not much has changed, really. You know, uh, we've continued to, to move forward with the things that we feel like are very important. And we've, we've stuck with a very consistent message of getting better each day and, and the importance of the team aspect and, and being successful uh, both on and off the field. And so, you know, Lauren's done a great job, obviously. Tricky times, and um, the whole staff has, has stuck together very well. Um, we've been working very well together, and, and it's been a good transition. And Obviously, the first game of the year, you don't ever really know what to expect. But, you know, we've been pretty consistent and haven't really changed a whole lot. We just kind of continue to work forward and, and try to improve our program every day. Has anything uh, stylistically or ideology-wise changed between 
uh, Lauren Hibbs and Eric Wedge. I, I know there's only so many ways you can play baseball, but can we expect or, you know, ideally see anything different from Wichita State baseball this year when it comes to the offensive side? Absolutely. You know, we, we hope to play a little bit more of an up-tempo offense, you know, as compared to, um, you know, just the pitcher-hitter competition. Obviously, there's some guys that can bang the ball around a little bit, but hoping that we can create some offense, too, if we're facing a good arm or steal some bases or put some bunts down and do some hit and runs, things to create a little bit more offense. Um, obviously, if guys are killing it, you know, you let them swing away, but if, mm-hmm. if we need a little push with some stolen bases or some action from the offensive side, we definitely have spent a good, good amount of time doing that this spring, and you know, I think it's going to help some guys and, and free some guys up and understand they're not just going to have to go up there and hit a double. Maybe maybe if we, you know, move the pitcher around, maybe if we put the ball in play when a guy's going with the hit and run, that's going to create some offense, and I think it might take some pressure off some guys. And hopefully, you know, in, in the end, you create more offense and score more runs per game for sure. Talking to recruiting coordinator and assistant coach Mike Siriani, Wichita State Baseball tonight against Long Beach State at 8 o'clock as it's Division One opening day today in college baseball. You brought up uh, the playing a little more up-tempo offense, Mike. Is part of that predicated by the pitch clock that apparently is going to be in use this year? And how can the offensive players use that to their advantage? Is there a way? Yeah, we spent a lot of time on that, obviously. The new rule, in 20 seconds, the guy has to be in his motion of delivery to pitch. But there's also another standpoint of it. The hitter has to be in the box ready to hit at 10 seconds. So along sign sequence, it might be a tricky spot for a hitter, you know. And so there has to be a fast-moving pace from the offensive sign sequence to the hitter getting in the box to the pitcher delivering a pitch. But then, then again, you know, the old thing of last year where a guy would just step off and do the fake arm throw to anywhere. Yeah. You can't do that anymore. And, and so... It could be interesting. You know, I, we kind of would imagine there's going to be a little more errors in the game because pitchers are going to have to throw the ball. Pitchers are going to have to pick a lot, and when they pick, they're going to have to throw it. But then, you know, you get that one disengagement that's free, and then after that, you've either got to pick or deliver the pitch. And so creating offense, knowing that, and running the bases, I think it, it could be huge for people. And then the perfect part is you think about a guy at second base and, Peter has to be in there at 10 seconds. Pitcher gets a pitch call and they don't like it. They shake. All of a sudden, they're down to one second. That guy can take off. Just because he's either going to pick or he's going to have to pitch. And so it's going to be really interesting to see kind of what comes up and, and how things go. Uh, definitely have spent a lot of time on it early this spring and, and trying to keep track of it. Um, I feel like we're as prepared as we could be because you don't ever really know. And, Who's going to enforce it and who's not going to enforce it? Right. And so creating offense, um, running the bases, being up-tempo from a whole offensive standpoint just goes right along with that pitch clock like you were saying, Shane. And it, and it kind of goes hand-in-hand hand with uh, what we, you know, baseball terms is like, oh, he's got a high baseball IQ. Well, that could lead to some, I don't want to say cheap or easy runs, but if you're really on top of things as a base runner, especially at second base, and you – you got this pitch clock thing figured out, and you, you got your eyes on it. You can kind of create some offense, maybe by yourself, and help steal a run. One hundred percent. You know, we've talked about that. Even our guys that have better baseball feel, you give them a little more freedom. You know, like you said, Shane, if they have some feel for the game and have some feel for timing, 
they can be, you know, they could wreck a lot of havoc and create a lot of issues. Talking to Mike Sirianni, the pride of Arkansas State back in the early 2000s. Put your player hat on for just a second. All these rule changes that we're seeing in professional baseball and now kind of bleeding down into college baseball. Uh, what do you think, Mike? As an offensive guy, would you rather be able to take your time in the box and not have to worry about that stuff? And Or is speeding up the pace of play good for the game? Uh, Major League Baseball, I understand that the pace of the play game. College baseball is a pretty quick game, in my opinion. Um, I think the thing that gets tricky is when you have a pitcher that is taking every sign from a coach and they have to give that sign. You know, there's just a lot of time in there that's kind of wasted. Um, you know, from the offensive side, I think it's kind of a tricky deal because you take a pitch or you swing and miss and you don't feel real comfortable. You try to readjust your batting gloves. Shoot, you might call a strike <laughs> on you because you're, you're trying to be like, oh, man, i got to catch my breath. i got to see what the sign is. And then I got to be in there ready to hit at ten seconds. That can get tricky, yeah. you know. There, there's a lot going through your brain. You try to process. Okay, what pitch am I sitting on? What am I looking for? What am I doing? All of a sudden, you can't do any of those things because you got to be back in the box. So I think it makes it tricky as an offensive player. But I think once you get the hang of it, I think guys will be just fine. Couple of uh, transfers to keep an eye on, as far as you're concerned, uh, position player wise, for those fans that didn't get out to see uh, any fall baseball, like Garrett Pennington. I'm hearing a lot of chatter about him. Uh, also, Kite McDonald, and then you got uh, a true freshman, uh, including but not limited to guys like Jack Little. Tell us a little bit about those guys and what Shocker fans can look forward to those newcomers. Yeah, Kite McDonald, a kid. Uh ultimate team guy, extremely good athlete, can really play good defensive center field, has shown the ability to really hit the ball and impact the ball and create a lot of offense. Great kid there. Um, Garrett Pennington, physical kid, man, super strong, hits the ball really, really hard. Um, has had a good fall and good early spring. He's a guy that can provide some thump there in the offense. Um, Big-time hitter there. Um, Jack Little, ultimate athlete. You know, he comes from a baseball family, guy being a big leaguer. Um, guy knows how to play the game. He likes to play the game, likes to compete, play the game extremely fast. Can do a lot of different things. And then uh, Mauricio Milan, our, our catcher, uh, you know, really good feel type of guy. Has real soft hands, guy that can really hit. Um, not necessarily a power guy but mm-hmm. a guy that can really use his hands and create some offense that standpoint. And then David Herring, you know, a, a very solid junior college gold glove winner at, at shortstop at Cali. Went to the World Series two years in a row playing shortstop and hitting the middle of the order at uh, Cali. has done a really good job. So a couple guys just to, you know, to bring up, you know, exciting guys that have bought into, you know, this team, a very well I guess you'd say a good group of guys that get along very well, you know, and so they they, they really help each other out and, and and push each other, and so it's, it's been a good group to, to be with every day, and, and they're coming in and getting their work in, and so nothing but positive things about, about, to, uh, about all of our guys. Oh, so Mike Sirianni with an assist from Mike Pelfrey's phone joining us here on the show. Appreciate the time, Mike. We will see you later on. Go get him tonight and the rest of the season, all right? Thanks, Shane. Appreciate you.
You bet. Mike Sirianni, the assistant coach and recruiting coordinator at Wichita State Baseball. The Shockers and Dirtbags will get it on for the 54th time all-time in the two programs' histories, uh, separated by half the length of the United States. They get together quite a bit for baseball, and it will be more of the same tonight at 8 o'clock. All right, when we come back, we need to get to some headlines because we're right on top of the hour, the Can Equip Case IH Red Zone Hour. It is one minute from 1 o'clock. We'll talk some headlines coming up in hour number two and also talk K-State with kstateonline.com's Derek Young as the Wildcats will take on Iowa State in basketball tomorrow and try to snap a little mini two-game losing streak and a skid of four out of five. Talk to Derek Young in hour two. I'm old Dylan Young as Dylan Michaels sitting in for Jack Johnson in the producer's chair. All that straight ahead. Hour number two is next. The Twitter question of the day brought to you by John Emmett Allstate. Home auto and life insurance. With John Emmett and Allstate, you're in good hands. Entrepreneurs Wanted, with over 25 years as a commercial real estate leader in Wichita, Occidental Management is proud to support entrepreneurs in the markets we live and work. One such business is Knox Numis, a wealth management advisory group. Our business moved to our new North Rock location, and they seamlessly guided us through the build-out of the space. We couldn't have asked for a better partner. We are committed to providing the best value and quality to the businesses we serve. To learn more, visit OCCMGMT.com or call 316-262-3331. Time to leave it all on the mat. For the fourth year in a row, the NAIA Wrestling National Championship is coming to Wichita March 3rd and 4th at Hartman Arena. 280 of the best collegiate wrestlers in the country will square off for team and individual national championships. This event is open to the public and the championship session will be broadcast live on ESPN3. All session tickets are now on sale and single session tickets will be available the day of the event. For more information, visit visitwichita.com. Don't miss it. Wichita's new sports leader, ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM, KKGQ, Newton. Saturday, College Game Day is coming to Lawrence for KU and Baylor. Tune in to ESPN Wichita 92.3 FM for live coverage from Allen Fieldhouse beginning at 9 a.m. Grady was the best player in the game for us. Kevin was without question the second best player. Finds the glove, hits the three-pointer, Bears lead by eight. You'll hear from Bill Self and the Jayhawks and Scott Drew and the Baylor Bears before two of the Big 12's best matchup at Allen Fieldhouse. It's all on your home for college hoops. ESPN Wichita 92.3 FM. You know that big bargain detergent jug is 85% water, right? 85% water? I thought I was getting a better deal because it's so big. If you want a better claim, Tide Pods are only 12% water.